0: Hello and welcome to the Wild and Free Mamas Podcast. We are your hosts and trip leaders, Morgan and Sarah. We are here to bring you stories of courage, boldness, adventure, and hope. And
1: we hope that they inspire us all to live braver lives devoted to Jesus.
0: Hello and welcome to the Wild and Free Mamas Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Morgan. We're so glad you're here. We are talking to a good friend of mine, Julie Bagley. I have known Julie for um, quite a long time. Julie is an author, a worship leader, and a mama, and a wife, and just – she's been such a special friend to me. Um, I met Julie – some of you all know my testimony, but I met Julie, um, gosh, like, what has it been, 15 years? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because Josiah is about to be 16. Yeah, like 15 years ago when I was living in Dallas, just at a really low time in my life, and Julie um, was just a blessing to me. I was lonely and depressed and all the things, and she made me feel seen and loved and cared for. And, um, you know, P.S., I'm just going to put this in here. If you are a mom um, of young children and you are passionate about serving the Lord and you want to make a difference I just want to encourage you that you you really can, in the midst of you know the trenches of motherhood, just small acts of kindness and seeing people and and loving on those around you can make a world of difference. The small things that Julie did for me changed changed my life really, um, and so I never I never forgot her kindness. So just an encouragement to the moms who are in the the throes of motherhood. Okay, so Julie, you have an incredible story. Um, I. I love what God has done in your life in the past several years, and I was just wondering if you would share with us um, what God has done in your life in the past few years through suffering and trials.
2: Yeah, so I live in Fort Worth, Texas. I am coming up on celebrating one year of marriage to my husband. Between us, we've got two – no, four boys, <laughs> two sets of boys, and they're all basically the same age, which is kind of cool. Um, Fun fact, our oldest kids were in the same third grade class together years and years and years ago. They're both college age now. Um, we didn't know each other. You know, it was just kind of a random coincidence when we started talking. But um, I, yeah, I've written a couple books and uh, I have been through a lot, you know, not just in the last few years, but the last few years has been the biggest Struggle that I've ever been through, and it has also been the most incredible awakening of God's presence and struggle that I've ever seen. So, um, in 2017, I had a routine surgery and went home and thought everything was great, and within a couple hours, things were not great. And to make that very long story short, there was a pretty serious complication to the surgery, and I ended up in the hospital for about a month. Came out of the hospital with a colostomy bag and a device called a wound vac on my stomach for a couple months. The colostomy I had for six months. Um, lots and lots and lots of trauma: medical trauma, physical trauma, emotional trauma. Um, and I really just spent a lot of time asking God, "Why? Why? 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 Why?" And He after after a couple weeks of that said i need you to let the why go because that's not what's important right now and if you keep focusing on the why i can't heal you because you're not ready for the why and so i had to let go of that why yeah and um just let him deal with what was going on in my heart in the moment as i tried to heal um fast forward a couple months a couple of months after my colostomy reversal I knew that things were not right in my home and I had been praying uh pretty constantly for my husband and some details surfaced in that situation and lo and behold like I said I just celebrated a year of marriage and so I ended up getting divorced from my first husband and you know back to back traumas was was pretty brutal um but God was, oh my gosh, I, I have never known the presence and the sweetness of the Lord than I have in that whole season. You know, it was it was years of just what in the world is going on and the Lord holding me and reminding me every single day, I've got you, I've got you, I've got you.
0: Wow. The letting go of the why, that's, that was that's really big. I wonder what it would look like for us going through suffering to let go of the why and trust that God's got us. It really is about trust.
2: Yeah. Um, and what I've learned in, in everything that's happened in the last couple of years is when I get to the other side of it and look back at the things that He wasn't revealing to me that I was asking Him to reveal to me, I know that if he had told me in that moment, it wouldn't have made any sense because it ended up having to do with my marriage and I was not ready to receive those words. And it's not just that particular situation with the why, it was a lot of different things that I asked the Lord for that he said, no, not right now, not right now. And when I look back, I can see, oh my gosh, like your timing really is perfect. I really need to trust you to withhold the things that I don't need yet or that I'm not ready yet. He doesn't withhold anything good, but when he does withhold, it's for a purpose and it's for our benefit. Yeah.
1: So tell me about that. Tell me about that season of walking through such intense suffering, but also being able to hear so clearly from the Lord. I know in my own life, if I am feeling A lot. If if I have big emotions, often I I just don't feel like I can hear the Lord as clearly. Um, and some of that's because I get my own voice muddled up in there, and you know, I don't know. I want to know about that though. Like that that thing that you just said that the Lord told you, let go of the why. You're not ready for it. I can't heal you if you hang on to the why. I wrote it down. Like that is very profound. Talk to Mm -hmm. me about what that was like, how you were able to hear the Lord and press into him, even when things were really, really difficult.
2: I think it's, I I was raised that way, you know, that everything goes before the Lord. I, I had my doubts about what he was doing and why I had, I had Job moments where I was like, what in the world? And I'm sitting in this ash heap. In fact, I used the ash heap um, as a hashtag, so I can go back and look at old posts from that time, um, just as a reminder. But I had I had all of those moments of doubt, but nothing in me ever allowed me to like push the Lord away completely. And so I'm a journaler, and I wrote and wrote and wrote. And I'm a worshipper, and so I worshipped and worshipped. And I was just like, though you slay me, I will trust you. And so. It just, there was never any other option but to process it with the Lord. Like nobody else understood. I didn't have anybody else that I could talk to that could lead me to truth. And so I had, I was stuck in a recliner for months and months while I recovered. And I had a Bible study on Job. I had my Bible. I had my journals and I had my phone. And that was just where I lived. Like I was like, I have to hear from you. And if I don't, I don't know what. I don't know what's going to happen. But for me, you know, in those moments where I feel like I can't hear the Lord, and I actually just experienced this a couple of days ago, where what I want or what I'm thinking is taking too much space in my head. My encouragement to anybody in that place is go back to the Word because the Word is God's number one way of speaking to us. It's the foundation for everything that He says. He will tell us things that don't necessarily sound like scripture. Like it's not like, Oh, I can find what he just, this thought that I just had is this verse. Like, it's not always like that, but this thought that I just had will line up with scripture. And so if you feel like you're in the way, go to the word. That's my number one.
1: I love that so much. Sometimes, um, in my hardest seasons, I haven't had, I felt, I felt like I haven't had the strength to do that, to stay plugged in and press into the Lord. And, and honestly, to be willing to sit and, and, you know, laid bare before him where Mm -hmm. I can, I can let, I can let the the scripture read me. Does that make sense? And so in those seasons, I'll just listen to it. Like I will turn on the audio of my Bible app and I'll listen to it while Mm -hmm. I'm doing other things. And it's a way to stay, stay soaked in the word, stay focused on the Lord. Um, even when I don't feel like I have the the strength to do it myself, I don't, I don't have those muscles, right? Like the, the Bible study Mm -hmm. muscles are atrophying a little bit, you know, because I'm in this really (laughs) tough season.
2: I don't, I'm not big on the audio because my, (laughs) I get distracted and I start going (laughs) like, Oh, do to do (laughs) like traveling down a different road. Um, and so I'd have to like, I do this with podcasts even too, like, oh, I have not been paying attention for the last 10 minutes, like rewind. So for me, honestly, just, you know, blatant, honestly, honesty, if I could not stay connected in reading scripture, then I took a break, you know, and it wasn't like, I'm going to take a break. It's like, oh, I haven't done that for a few days. You know, like, it's not, it's not a perfect experience. I did plenty of things wrong and I, you know, I left a small group sobbing one time because people were talking about how good God was and how faithful he was and I was like I don't think that's true today. I don't feel like that right now. You know, so there were moments of just humanity and brokenness that that the Lord allowed me to have, you know. He was very gracious in that and um the word is is our foundation. That's what we need to go back to all the time, but there are times when we stray away from it. And thankfully, he's gentle and he pulls us back. Um, but yeah.
0: Angry towards God? And if so, how did you deal with that emotion? I feel like that's one emotion that we all have towards the Lord at times. But mm-hmm. we don't always feel comfortable talking about it or even admitting it, admitting that we are angry towards the Lord. Um, but one thing that we always encourage our women is that God wants us to – Bring him all of those hard emotions. He already sees them. Mm -hmm. He already knows feeling them, Um, but so often anger can turn us away from God. Did you feel angry and like how did you work through that anger?
2: I think I had. I didn't stay in a place of being angry with him, but I definitely had moments um, like that. You know, walking out of that small group. I just, you know, you get to this point where, you you know, like I'm letting go of the ultimate why, but why me, why? Like, I don't understand why you're such a good loving God and you want me to have an abundant life. This does not feel like an abundant life. So it was more of like a, a processing of the anger in the moment. And the one thing that I know about the Lord is that he's okay with our feelings and You have to feel your feelings in order to heal. The problem lies when you let your feelings control you and you become a slave to your feelings, which is something that has been a real struggle for me. Um, So I had these moments of just like, I, I would call it frustration and not understanding and feeling like I'm beating my head against a brick wall, just trying to understand and the Lord is like, you just go ahead, beat your head. (laughs) Like, I'll just, I'll still be here when you're done. And we're still going to walk this process. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I just know, and, you know, reading through Job in that season was so powerful and so important because Job was allowed to say all of the things that he needed to say. And his friends gave him really bad, terrible advice. And it's, you know, it's a good example of what not to do. But God came in and spoke the truth, but he didn't ever he didn't ever um like punish or discipline job for where he was. but he was like, "Okay, I hear you. Now you need to hear me. And that's kind of where i what I feel like the Lord did with me in my moments of frustration is you can feel that way. that's fine. You're you know, you you deserve to feel the way you feel, but now let me tell you what's real and what's really true.
1: I love that so much. I feel like the flip side of, okay, so it sounds like you're an emoter, an emoter, somebody oh, yeah. who's like comfortable with emotions. So I'm the opposite of you. <laughs> <laughs> I like to run away from emotions because they're hard to process and I don't like doing it and I don't want to sit in discomfort. I would rather pretend it doesn't exist. So obviously I'm working on that. <laughs> but <laughs> I have a daughter who is very emotional and sensitive and She's much better at understanding how she's feeling than I am at understanding how I'm feeling, but she does this where where she'll just feel really overwhelmed by her emotions and they will begin to control her. And then the only thing she can do is cry and she cannot find her way out. And so something that I've started doing with her uh, lately is we will, and it's good for both of us because it forces me to feel emotions. So this verbiage has worked for both of us, but we will, we'll take the, so we'll put the emotions in a box. We'll put the big hard feelings in a box and we'll take them down off the shelf and we will feel them and we'll talk through them and we'll see um, what we need to do to process and we'll pray about them and we'll we'll just spend a lot spend 30 minutes or an hour here in this moment in in these big hard feelings and then we'll put them in the box and we'll put the box up on the shelf and it's still there and we're going to come back to those but we cannot let those emotions control every moment of our day. And it's been really helpful for me because I have to force myself to get the box down. <laughs> but it's been helpful for my daughter because she doesn't feel like those big emotions. She knows they're still there, but we're teaching her not to let them control her 24-7.
2: That is excellent. Like, way to go, mom. That is incredible. Where did you learn that? I, the Lord gave it to me. <laughs> That's amazing. and. In this small group that I'm going through right now, we're talking about um, the limbic system and how the preferential cortex is not fully developed until you're an adult, like in your mid-20s. But by six years old, your emotions are fully developed. And that whole process of teaching her how to do that right now is setting her up for the most incredible success when she's an adult. Like that is teaching her how to process emotionally and how to to make decisions not based on her emotions, but also she's learning that you're a safe place for her to to deal with these things. And like, oh, that's like that just is so powerful. And I'm so thankful that your daughter's gonna grow into a healthy young individual. <laughs> I'm hoping she'll be healthier than I am. That's the goal. I right? mean, you're doing it, you're doing a great job. That's incredible. I definitely think that's something you should share with the masses because wow. that's really, Thank really you. beautiful.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, I I want to hear more about, so I got to get the timeline straight in my head though. So we have this surgery and the massive complications, and then the marriage fell apart. Tell me the timeline there again. How far apart were those?
2: Um, surgery was May of 2017. And basically, so I, and I was in the hospital for a month and what it felt like was through that whole next almost year that I was seeking the Lord and getting healing and it felt like I was the only one who was getting healing. Um, And then in April of 2018 is when things really came to light and that was the beginning of the end. The marriage officially ended um, that Christmas, December of 2018. I'm
1: so sorry. How, what was it like for your kids? How, how did you mom during that period? Oh, not well.
2: <laughs> and and they would tell you, not well. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard, you know, with the amount of trauma that went on, um, they were without me for a month and I was, you know, I was a work from home mom. And so I was like fully engaged in their everyday um I literally watched like end of school things happen on my phone because teachers FaceTimed me so that I could see it. Cause I was still in the hospital. Um, and I found, I have found journal entries from them um, or like emails or just like random things. I don't even know how some of them I've come across. One of them was in an old school composition book that I was going through and just, you know, to reuse ripping out the used pages. And my son had written about me being in the hospital, and it was just devastating. And so they had that trauma, and then, you know, there's the whole year of trying to heal from everything, and then their family falls apart. Like it, it's one of the most today. It's one of the most devastating parts of it for me because I see, I see the evidence of what they've been through. They don't necessarily yet. They're you know teenagers. College is happening, and. The other one's learning how to drive. and But I see the changes that occurred and I see where I contributed to trauma because there was no textbook on how to walk through either of those two situations and be a great parent at the same time. And as you mentioned, I'm an emoter and I have a hard time not expressing my emotions. And so my kids saw things that like come out of me, just even my tears that I wish I could have protected them from but there was just, there was just no way. And so, you know, one thing that the Lord has said to me about this whole process or this whole situation is if I redeemed it for you, I'm going to redeem it for them. And that is oh my a goodness. promise that I just cling to. I got chills. <laughs> yeah. I got chills. And I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm still anticipating a full redemption for them. Um, because they're not in a place where they're seeking, they're not seeking it because they don't see that they need it yet, you know, and there are still things that I'm being healed from that I didn't realize that I need to be healed from. And so it's, it's going to be a lifelong process for all of us, but this has been the most devastating thing is watching what it's done to them. And, you know, divorce is hard, even if, even if, um, parents are amicable in the divorce, it's worse if they're not, but it's just hard. And, you know, on some respects it's like, yeah, I have two houses, two Christmases, two birthdays, whatever. But like, no, this isn't how God designed things. He's not mad at us about it. He's not condemning us about it, but it's not how it was supposed to be. And so there is, there is a breaking in that, that we all still need to be healed from completely. So... I don't think I did. I did not do a great job. I didn't do a great job ever, you know, like, but as moms, like where I feel like I'm my own worst critic. So like when they were babies, when they were toddlers, I'm like, you know, there's so many things I would have done differently. But with
0: what I had in the moment,
2: I gave it everything I had.
0: Yeah. And I think there comes a point in motherhood where we have to trust that God is going to fill in the gaps and realize that, you know, we, we don't have as much control as we think we do. And so the moment and the seasons where we feel like we've failed, we have to trust that God is gonna um God is providing everything that our kids need because we can't we can't do that. So even in the seasons where maybe we haven't um we haven't felt like we've done the best we could, like God God can still redeem and and use those seasons for our kids' good. So but that just goes back to like handing our kids back to the Lord and handing motherhood back to him and uh it's such it's like a lifelong process um mm-hmm. but let's let's talk about redemption. I want to hear how God has restored and redeemed um you lost your hair through all of that. I remember when your hair started growing back. how oh, amazing <laughs> so I lost about half of my hair so. Every single
2: individual thing that I went through while I was in the hospital, and there was a lot, um, each thing on its own has hair loss as a side effect. And I went through every single one of them. And so um, I don't remember, I think it was, I had been home for like a month and all of a sudden, like, I was like, I'm losing a lot of hair. And I would start a couple times a day, just like comb through my hair with my fingers. And I would have an about an inch thick worth of hair on my finger that would come out and so finally it just got to the point where i had to cut it all off because it looked awful and so i went down to like an inch short which i am not a fan of the pixie cut never have been still am not uh but i did what i had to do to look halfway decent but even in that like i felt like i looked like a boy and so i never left my house without full makeup and i started buying like huge earrings to make myself feel feminine all but now it's so funny. Now, um, if it's clean, I get a lot of really amazing compliments on my hair. And I never had before. Like my hair's very boring. It's just straight. It doesn't do a whole lot. Um, but people comment on my hair all the time. And it's just like, okay, like that's a small way that the Lord redeemed my life. It was it was not fun. I mean, I was wearing like headscarves and, you know, debated getting a wig because it just looks so gross. But... God is good, and I've gotten it back.
0: Yeah. So what else? What else has he done for you? Oh, gosh. Just, you know, one thing that I
2: always said was I could never be a single mom. And, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes about single moms, and that was one reason I didn't want to be a stereotype, but also I just didn't think I could do it. Like, I just didn't think I was capable. And we, when the boys and I moved into our house a couple months in, I was like, I'm I'm doing it. Like I'm not necessarily doing it well. And I wouldn't like write a book about it today, but I'm doing it. And God is meeting every single need like we never went without. And I would write my needs on the mirror so that I could see them and pray about them. And as the Lord filled them, I'd cross it off. I wouldn't erase it because I wanted to see it. And I wanted to see the full list completed. And there were things that didn't get taken care of, but they were things that I didn't absolutely need like there i don't remember there's something to do with the dog that i was like well i should do this but the lord was like but you don't need to i'm like okay great so we'll just cross that off the list um and then you know he he's just been so faithful to be close and to to still hold on to me even in my rebellion cuz i went through that when in the whole dating process it was not it was not a good experience and I settled a lot and I made a lot of really like, just kind I made some dangerous decisions with, with people that I spent time with and the Lord really protected me. And I had one really like rock bottom moment. And I said, that's it. I'm getting off dating websites. I'm not doing this. My husband is not on a dating website. Like this is, this is gross. And for any single women out there listening, like I feel you. <laughs> if a man writes that he's a Christian on a dating website, it's most of the time, it means he goes to church on Easter and Christmas with his kids. Like it's just nobody's telling the truth about that. And there's a few, you know, but ultimately, what's funny after I swore them off is that I did meet my husband on a dating website. It was Christmas, it was the first time that my kids were going to be gone with their dad for Christmas, and I was going to be all alone. And a friend of mine had just gotten on dating websites for the first time. And she was telling me all of her stories. And I was like, well, I mean, I might as well just scroll and see what's out there. And I ended up um, clicking on my husband's profile. And he says that he had something really significant about the Holy Spirit on this profile. I don't remember that, but that would have been what would have drawn me to him. And so, you know, we started talking and uh started dating and really really quickly the lord confirmed for both of us this is this i am blessing this relationship like he literally showed me a picture of us kind of like a bird's eye view of where we were in the moment and the word blessed between us and i was like okay it's only been like a month but wow and so i thought things would happen really quickly because we both knew but 2 years later <laughs> is when he finally engaged, proposed um And, you know, he has a really, really cool story too. He was an addict in every sense of the word. He was an atheist and, um, basically through trying to basically kill himself, he was trying to overdose something supernatural happened. And the Lord said to him, if you will get to this hospital, everything will be Okay and so he doesn't remember getting there he doesn't know how he got there he just knows that he got there and from there went to a rehab facility in tyler or like a uh it's like a men's recovery place it's a christian place um and got radically saved and met the holy spirit in a bathroom there one night was kind of like mocking god saying yeah okay whatever and god said okay here's my presence and he's just laid out on the floor in the holy spirit so kind of crazy. So all of that to say, like he, he has such a passionate and such a full relationship with the Lord and has so much wisdom. And so he has just become an incredible spiritual leader. He's a spiritual father to a huge group of men who struggle with addiction in our church. We are um, kind of in the incubation phase of starting a ministry for addicts and spouses. And this is like, this is something I never, ever, it was never a part of my life, addiction in any form. Um, And so because of some of the things that happened in my marriage, my first marriage, I am a part of a small group for women who've been through similar things. And these women, their husbands are a part of my husband's small group. And so this is like the basis for what we want to do and for me it's it's i get to walk in my counseling gifts and my listening gifts and my encouragement and just sitting with people in some of the darkest times of their lives and that's what i've always just wanted to do it's what it's what i've always wanted to do and it's taken a really long time to get here and I, there were times where i there were times when i was dating that i felt like i don't know if i want that anymore because i could not find a man who was absolutely dedicated and completely sold out for jesus i was like i'm going to have to settle and if i settle that means that i'm going to be the stronger christian and i don't want to be going out and doing ministry and all this kind of stuff if my husband isn't part in partnership with me. And so that for a season, I said, I don't know if I want that anymore. And it actually allowed the enemy to steal my joy about that. And thank the Lord that he intervened and brought me to some people who really spoke life over the things like reminded me of dreams that I used to have that God did not take away from me, but he just held on to while I couldn't hold on to them for myself. So there, the redemption is, is, is pretty endless, but ultimately like just being married to a man who, who hears the Lord, the way my husband does, who prays for me the way that he does and believes the best about me and won't let me settle for second best. Sometimes it's annoying because sometimes (laughs) I just don't want to do it, (laughs) but she's like, no, you're better than this. And God has called you to more. So get up, let's go. So, yeah.
0: Wow. I love love that that so much. I love that Me God wasted
2: nothing in our life. Oh, gosh. Nothing. Nothing is wasted in the kingdom. Not one thing.
1: I love that. And what the enemy meant for evil,
0: God turned it for yeah. good. Genesis yep. 50 something.
2: Yeah, Yep.
1: yep. <laughs> I love that so, so
0: much. Julie, you are a mom of teenagers, and I would love for you to share some advice or encouragement for the mama that may be listening that is in that season. Um, I'm not quite there yet. Morgan, you're cresting the season Um, of raising teens. I'm on the the cusp. (laughs) You're getting there. What encouragement or advice do you have for those mamas?
2: Something that was spoken at a church conference I was at recently was about – The time when Elijah was waiting on God to bring the rain and he went out and looked, the Lord told him, go look. And Elijah went and looked, he's like, I don't see anything. And so he went back and told God, I don't see anything. And God said, go again. So Elijah went again. I don't see anything. Go again. And just repeatedly until he finally saw the cloud coming. And in that moment, when I heard that word, I felt like that was for me as a mom with my kids. Do not grow tired of praying for your kids and believing that your kids redemption, that their complete salvation, that, you know, whatever you, whatever it is you are contending for with your kids, go again, every single time, go again until you see it, pray again, believe again, go talk to your kid again, whatever it is, do not stop, be persistent and seek the Lord for whatever it is that you're contending for your kids for.
1: Man, I feel like I just went to church. <laughs> that
2: that was so fun. <laughs> that is so good. Oh. You know, it's it it's the teenage years are hard, and everybody's like, even your own kids. Everybody's kids are different, but even your own kids are different. My two boys are completely different, and so when my oldest left and went to college, and I, you know, my focus is now on my youngest. I'm like, I can't parent him the same way. He he deals with his emotions differently. He is—he's different socially. Like everything about them is different, and I don't think I was expecting that. And so it's—you know—for me, it's made it difficult, and for him, it's made it difficult because he's like, "This what worked for him doesn't work for me." And so we're—you know—we're in a tricky place of learning. He's—he's fifteen. Enough said. (laughs) And you know, it's just the teenage years are hard, and I feel like. It's important, even if you're a female with boys, like it's just important to remember how it was for you. Like it, teenage, being a teenager was hard for me. And I forget that sometimes, you know, I just like, well, why are you acting like this? Because he's a teenager. And again, his brain is not fully formed and that's not a dig. That's just the truth. You know, his, his emotions are fully formed. So we see his emotions but we don't necessarily see, you know, the right decision making or whatever, because that's not there yet. Um, so, you know, patience, patience, and just keep, keep going, keep pursuing your child, keep, which is hard, um, but keep pursuing your child, keep pursuing what God has spoken to you over them. And if you don't feel like God has spoken to you about your kids, go ask him to get a word for your kids and start contending.
0: Man, that is good. That's I so needed good. to hear that.
2: <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Julie.
1: Julie, I just what I love about this conversation with you is um you share with us the the trauma and how hard this season was. Um, but every time you said something, all I heard was the hope. That's that's still it's wrapped up in the trauma, like the fact that um you didn't see uh, disparity you didn't see desperation you saw the lord you pressed in you you wouldn't settle for okay you wouldn't settle for dealing with it on your own you kept going back to the word and you kept worshiping even when it would have been easier to sit in that recliner and turn on the TV and watch mm-hmm. something stupid and check Oh, I did out. plenty of that but you pressed <laughs> back you pressed back into the Lord and yes. you clung to him for your hope I have so much respect for that and I just hope that's an encouragement to all of us. We're all walking hard roads, you know, um, at any given time in our life. And I just really pray that people will be very encouraged by your words. Thank you so much for sharing with us today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just real quick, it was, it, it is an encouragement because I have a social media platform called a handful of hope and it's because of what God has done. Like, it's been brutal it's been hard I've had my moments but God has just never ever let me down and he is constantly pushing me towards hope so thank you for seeing that and hearing that I, that means a lot to me
0: how can people connect with you because I forgot about that platform you have some beautiful things that you write and say um, how can people connect with you yeah so it's a
2: handful of hope on um, Instagram and Facebook and it's um, a hand full, F-U-L-L, of hope. Um, but it's kind of a play on words because it could be like, this is my handful of hope and that's enough. But my, also, my
0: hands are full of hope. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll link that. That'd awesome. be great. Thanks. Yep. Thank you so much. This has been a delight.
2: Yeah, that's- you're welcome. Thanks for having totally. me.
0: Thanks Fun. for listening, mamas. We look forward to talking to you again in the next few weeks.